Hey everybody, it's Pastor Chip. Hope you're doing well again today. It's a little cooler today and the leaves are falling fast, changing colors. Wish I could see the colors. But anyway, so um, yesterday's podcast was called Walking in Wisdom and got some comments on that and and then um I've had some friends talking about sin. They want to know about sin and and um who's responsible for sin? Like meaning that if you're if you're born from sin of a family that's sinful or murderers or rapists or you know whatever and, and they have children do you inherit that sin um or you know some people say cancer or or um diseases that we have are results of sin in our lives and that we're being punished from God but but sin came into the world through Adam and Eve and we all um we all sin and you know um what's his name David King David killed uh Uriah Bathsheba's husband and cause he was having an affair with her and didn't want him to find out and then she had a baby, and as a consequence from his sin, God allowed the child to die. Uh, Job, Job was, uh, God steered him and matured him into the man that he was to be. Um... We all sin. We all sin. But the thing is, is it an intentional sin? Or is it unintentional? And you say, what's the difference? Well, intentional sin, if I walk up to you carrying a pencil and I'm flipping it in my finger and it flies off and stabs you in the eye, that's carelessness and whatever, and my pencil stuck you in the eye and I'm sorry. But if I walk up with my pencil and stab you in the eye, that's intentional sin. So there's different ways to look at it. But you're not going to get away from sin this side of heaven or hell. We sin. It's just the way it is. Um, sin is part of life. I guess we ought to have a t-shirt that says, Born, Sin, and Died, right? Or Born, Sin, Saved, and Died. Whatever your specialty is, if you get saved. But everybody can definitely have one that says, Born, Sin, and Died, right? I mean... But are our sins our sins? Do we own those sins? You know, if I lived a bad life and had children 
I've often thought of that, you know, as my family being punished for my sins. No, your family is reaping the results of us being idiots. If I go gambling every payday and squander all my money, my children are reaping the benefits of me being a gambling addict. But if I don't have a job or skills, didn't go to college to be competitive in the market and I don't get a good paying job and I have kids and I can't give them everything I want, but I'm trying and I'm working two or three jobs and rubbing pennies together to make nickels. That's just bad life choices. It's not sin. So there's a difference. There's a difference in these things. And I was looking this up, and of course, with sin, I mean, golly, it's, I could be here all day, all night, all week, talking about sin and the Bible and punishment. But I found a couple of interesting verses. Ezekiel 18, 20. Ezekiel 18, 20. It says, the soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. Right there in that verse, it says something that is very profound that a lot of people don't understand. If you have children and you've done all you can do to raise them upright and they choose not to get saved and they don't believe in God and they go running crazy and they terrorize and destroy the world and they rob convenience stores and beat people up and they get shot in a crime or beat to death or crash in a high-speed chase one night <clears throat> and they die, or they're on life support, or whatever, <clears throat> and you're in there praying your heart out for them, there ain't nothing you can do. They have made their bed, sowed their seeds, and they reap what they sow. They're paying the consequences of their sins. It says, The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. There's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. But, but, there's always a but, right? Look at verse 21, 22. It says, But, <clears throat> If a wicked man turns from all his sins which he has committed, keeps my statutes, and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. And it says, None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him because of the righteousness which he has done. He shall live. 
Repentance and believing in Christ washes away all our sin. You see, I argued this with a young man one time. And I think I even mentioned this in a podcast a year or so ago. He swore up and down. and His dad told him, if you lived a good life, you'd go to heaven. That's all you needed to do is live a good life. But this young man was was raised Catholic also and had a little understanding of the scriptures. And I said, what about Gandhi? He said, he's a good man. He's gone, gone to heaven because he lived a good life. And I said, what about Buddha? Gone to heaven. He lived a good life. I said, but what about under the Christian system of belief in Christ? As a Catholic, you know that. Belief in Christ, repentance of sins. That we believe in Jesus Christ, confess our sins. The blood of the cross washes away everything. Everything we've ever done. He says, yes, that's right. I I believe that. I said, then is Gandhi in heaven under the Christian standard? And he goes, no. And I said, was Buddha in heaven under the Christian standard? And he goes, no. I said, what about Hitler? He said, oh, absolutely not. He killed six million people, Jews. I said, as horrific a man as he was, the beauty of God's grace is that no matter the sin, if he asks for repentance, asks for forgiveness, and he repents of his sins, what does it say? It says, None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him because of the righteousness which he has done. He shall live. Man, if you've asked for forgiveness, repent. It doesn't say the first 500 or the first 20 years of your life or only the bad ones. Okay, all right. So you're like, well, that's a stretch. So let's go to Micah 7.19. I know you've heard this one before. It says, He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. He will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. Ain't that amazing? He will cast our sins into the depth of the sea. You see, that's the beautiful thing about God is He's God. He can do what He wants to, for whom He wants to, whenever He wants to, wherever He wants to. There ain't nothing you can do to figure it out, rhyme or reason, except that He is gracious to forgive our sins if we repent and ask for forgiveness. Isn't that amazing? But everybody thinks that we are living a bad life because of bad, it's a payment for our sins. Or, you know, our grandfather was a drunk and squandered all the family fortunes. And so now we're paying for the sin. No, we're paying 
the price of his bad decision. But actually, it's probably building character because if you look at some of these people today who inherit the money and the riches of their family, they're not much better off, are they? I know a rich man who um, he's owned a lot of real estate, uh, car lots, restaurants, all these kinds of business apartment complexes. And he's had a handful of children, and they worked with him and you know worked through the businesses all the years, and he had it in his will that when he died, that they were to get a small amount and his stuff was to be sold off and a lot given to charity and that they would have to build their own fortunes. Now, how about that? But back to our sins. You know, Jesus, he was walking once. I'm going to read this to you. It says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. It wasn't about the sin. It's The man was blind, born blind. It was fate that he was born that way. But God knew that day that Jesus would walk by and be able to do a miracle. And you see, here's the problem with the, with the Pharisees. The Pharisees thought that if you were blind or lame or whatever, that you had sinned or your parents had sinned, and that was punishment from God that... You were to be that way for life. But here comes Jesus. And he says, your sins are forgiven. Take up your mat and walk. And the Pharisees went crazy. Because, you see, they felt that God made the man lame because of his sin. And who is Jesus to come along and heal a guy and go against God? You see, they... They didn't recognize him for who he was. They refused to recognize him for the Son of God because God can forgive sins and heal. And Jesus was doing both. You see, you've heard the saying, the glass half full or glass half empty, pessimistic, optimistic, negative, positive, why are people always so negative? You know, it's like it doesn't matter what you wear. Somebody is always going to say you look ugly and that don't match or that you're too fat or whatever. Whatever happened to people just being nice? Whatever happened to people just saying, you know, that outfit looks good on you? Or I like what your hair your hair looks like today. Or, you know, yeah, that's a great dinner, honey. I really love it. Or how about, wow, Jesus, you, you healed that guy. What, what an amazing blessing. This guy has been sitting here by this gate 
the 30-something years of his life, uh, quadriplegic or whatever, and you walk up and heal. We, We haven't been able to heal anybody, and here you come up and do it. Praise God. Praise God that you have healed this man. But no, they didn't want to. They wanted to be negative. 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 How many negative people do you have in your life? Are you one of those people? Are you always negative? The naysayers? You know, you get on social media and you see these people that are on these little forums and they're going back and forth. He said, she said, back and forth, back and forth. Arguing with somebody you can't even see, you don't know where they are, you don't even know if they're 10 years old or 80 years old arguing with you. Who's the fool? Who looks the fool arguing on the internet? Say your point one time, validate your point, and if you get the point across, fine. If you don't, move on. That's what I do. Because I know who I am. I know what I know. I know my education. I know what I'm reading. I know. I know that I know that I know. There's a guy that I know locally. It doesn't matter what you say, what example you use, what you're talking about, he has done it, knows somebody that's done it, knows a story about somebody that's done it, and you're wrong anyway. And he'll argue with a fence post, like my grandpa said. Where does the sin come into this? The sin comes into this when you're arguing and you lose the focus of the argument and you get caught caught in the trap of sin. The argument draws you in and then you get angry. You lose your focus and you lose your influence, your effectiveness. So our sins are our sins. Own them. Own them. Remember the other day, and several times I talked about when you get up in the morning, your knees should hit the floor. And when you go to bed at night, your knees should hit the floor. And you should talk to God and talk to Him about your sins that day and about your walk with Him. And about maybe, you know, golly, Lord, I'm sorry. I handled that all wrong today. I'm so sorry, Father. And the beautiful blessing about God, our God, is that we can talk to Him anywhere, anytime. We don't need a confessional booth to go in. We don't need a megaphone, a phone line. We don't have to do the ritualistic prayers like some religions do. We, we just pr- talk to God 
wherever he is, wherever our safe space is. And we repent of those sins. And right then, right then, they're gone. They're gone. It says, He'll cast our sin, all our sins into the depths of the sea. The only person, the only person that has the power to pull those sins out of the sea and use them against you is you. If you can't let them go, that's your fault. That's not God. That's you. When you ask for forgiveness, you're forgiven. None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him because of the righteousness which he has done. He shall live. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it amazing? I want everybody to have a blessed evening. Think about your sins. Ask for forgiveness. Let it go. Just let it go. Forgive yourself. And let God forgive you. And this is Pastor Chip. God bless.